0: Hey Sam. Hey Teresa. What's up?
1: Not much. We're in the same city again.
0: Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I visit Sam it's because I'm bored of my college and I hate it.
1: Yeah yeah bored is definitely an, uh, a two-week word. It's more often <laughs> because you're like stressed and like pulling your hair out and I'm like why don't you come up here for a little
0: while? <laughs> that is actually not true. Sam hasn't been like, why don't you come here? I'm like, can I come? Yeah.
1: That's fact. <laughs> can I come? Like, yeah, sure.
0: Yeah. And I'm like, does this weekend work? And Sam's like, yeah, that works great. And then I come and he's like, I'm actually doing work all weekend.
1: Well, it, it is what it is.
0: Anyways, I'm so happy to see Sam because he's so kind to me, and I love our friendship. Sounds like you're a hostage.
1: <laughs> but thank you guys for tuning in. We have a great episode for you today. We are going to be talking to Gerard White over at Mexico City Mocha.
0: Great. Let's get started. So today we have a Mexico City mocha from um, Dear Mama Coffee Bar, which is located in Morningside Heights. Although I do not live in Morningside Heights, I'm a frequent visitor of the area.
1: As we discussed.
0: <laughs> you chill. Um, and um, they recently put out the Mexico City Mocha which is oat milk chili infused chocolate cayenne and agave for listeners who want to make this drink at home it literally tastes like spicy creamy caffeinated heaven
1: yeah 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 it's like hot chocolate but with a little bit of coffee in there but the coffee isn't like I don't like coffee drinks that try to noppy coffee drinks to the point where it's like obnoxious you can still taste the coffee it tastes like a mocha but it has like that little extra flavor in there so even if you're not interested in going to dear mama definitely that chili infused chocolate uh changes the game i think
0: game changer and i usually don't even like sweet drinks but this isn't even sweet it just feels like a caffeinated like warm treat
1: definitely definitely
0: but anyways today we are super excited to be interviewing Gerard White who is a artist that um, you know experiments with a bunch of different mediums yeah um, whether it's drawing or photography um, who knows what is in store for his mediums <laughs> in the future
1: yeah um, and definitely was drawn to his work because of the wide variety of emotions you can see in what he does. And because he's an artist who um, is very dedicated to the craft of like getting in touch with people who want to buy his work, like really is on the grind of making prints, delivering prints, um, and doing all of that. So we wanted to ask him a bit about his process and about how the last year has really shaped his art in general.
0: Yeah. Um and also Sam has four of his prints behind us on the wall right now, um, which is super cool. And everybody should go buy his work. Um, but with that, should we call him up right now?
1: Yeah, let's call him up.
0: Hi. Hi. How are
1: y'all? <laughs> Good. Good.
0: How are you?
2: Doing all right, doing
1: all right. Thank you so much for being with us today. We're really excited to talk to you a bit about your work
2: yeah no doubt thanks for having me excited to talk about my work
1: can you just first tell us like where your base kind of give the listeners um a description <laughs> of the vibe of the work that you generally create
2: uh yeah sure so right now I'm based in Brooklyn New York and I would describe my work as dark but tender like brooding but like also kind of uh emotional. It looks a bit scatterbrained, but 99% of it is intentional. So looks like it's an organized mess. Let's put it that way. <laughs>
0: so. um, no, definitely. And also, we just kind of wanted to start with just about like how you first got into, I guess, creating art and finding this specific style that you describe it as.
2: Word. Um, so I pretty much just been drawing like my whole life, like I don't have memories where I'm not drawing. So I guess it's more so like something I did for my health and how I landed on the specific style that I make now that I've been introducing to people. Um, it was kind of like a visual diary that I was working with. And I think my work tends to reflect how I am as a person so like I kind of made it personal but personal in a way that wasn't too exposing I guess you know get a get a get an idea of uh what I'm like without spilling my beans you know I mean
1: yeah and do you still feel like like when I look at your work I kind of feel the beans being spilt. Like, I definitely feel like I do get a look into that. I that definitely emotions. Um, do you mm. feel like as you've like grown as an artist, you're beginning to show more of that in your work?
2: Yeah, I think it um has to do with just how my life is going. You know, my, my work will reflect where I'm at in life. And I think I'm at a point where I'm comfortable sharing my emotions with people because I realized people are more alike than what we uh, give off. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like people can connect with whatever emotion you put out there. As long as it's genuine, it can really touch people's lives. And like, I try to live by that um, generally, you know, like being like a healthy amount of um, emotionally vulnerable with people just so like, you know, everyone wants a humanity recognized on some which level. So I think my work being emotional has to do with like that philosophy that I've been following.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I guess, you know, throughout the pandemic over the last year, um, has that like philosophy evolved? Um, And if yes, like how does your how is your art or the way you approach it changed in the last year, if it has?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's inevitable, you know, my life changed with the pandemic, so I think it um I guess because I work in healthcare, I'm already doing like a public service and I want to follow healthcare as um you know, part of my life and career. So um I think that philosophy of like being like vulnerable with people. It was a bit strenuous. I will say I had to like dial back a lot of what I was willing to give people just because of the nature of everything that's been happening. So I think it definitely strengthened in a way, like I was very refined in how I wanted to approach life, I guess, because kind of, I feel like a lot of people went into survival mode. So I think this is my survival mode, like reaching out to people, building community and all I got is what I think and what I feel. So I try to give that to people and give it to the right people and it bounces back. So, you know, I think this, this situation lit a fire under my ass more than anything.
1: Definitely. And you kind of brought up part of the reason that we were interested in talking to you, because I know that you do work in healthcare and you're pretty passionate about what you do, but you also like seem equally passionate about, the art that you do and the way mm-hmm. that you go about promoting it so I was wondering um first just how do you find that balance between like pursuing your art seriously and like working a job that you care about
2: um I think I balance it in a way that professionally I wanted to do something that fulfilled me on some level and I'm very much uh, an empathetic person I like helping people, making the world a little bit of a better place, place nah. so I think in part of the way that I bounce is I use my paycheck from healthcare to fund my creative endeavors and, you know, kind of like spend money to make money, you know, instead of like, I don't know, I'm like using my money more so to pursue art and then eventually I can get it to a place where like my income, kind of sustained by things I'm passionate about but not too much of the same thing because I get bored easily so I I think it just kind of spills over regardless
0: and when you first started you know sort of monetizing off of your art and selling prints um Mm -hmm. what were some of the biggest challenges you faced if you did face challenges
2: um getting over myself I will say (laughs) I think we step on our feet so much just in general especially in this society where we can be like really solitary and be like into our phones and shit so I think trying to honestly like get out of myself really helps I reach out to like people whose opinion I value or like I will get more into myself in a way that doesn't inhibit myself like try to reduce anxiety so mm-hmm. that's like a lifelong thing so reducing anxiety off rip was a challenging thing to do um and I think the next thing is just logistics man I didn't realize how much uh, shipping fucking art would take up of my time like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm very like like grateful for the response but like dude i'm tired and like (laughs) is it's um yeah it's honestly it's just finding time sometimes because like i feel very passionate about it so i think just monetizing off of it takes up a lot of energy that i have to allocate and it's a little bit of energy management i think is a good way to describe it um like monetizing off your art takes up a lot of energy whether it's emotional mental or physical it takes up a lot of energy so I think it's yeah me allocating my energy properly allows me to uh, monetize
1: yeah um and I think that's kind of an interesting thing you brought up about how like it's good to have more orders but then there's like a lot more work to do and I was wondering Mm -hmm. how do you how do you think about building up and this could go for like artists in any field but how do you think about building up those like networks and like really letting people know about your art early on
2: uh I think community is most important above all um no one does anything by themselves like no one is great by themselves like keep it a book like rarely do we see these people who are just geniuses within themselves but like most people we need other people so I think it's vital for uh, a budding artist because I don't think you'll get better until you hmm, absorb other people's ideas of the world I guess damn that's an interesting question
0: Um, And also, I guess, like, you know, with the pandemic and, like, not being able to interact and see people as much, I guess, like, how have you found art or an art community or, like, community or interacting with other people um, in this, like, weird, you know, virtual-ish time that we live in?
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Not to be full of myself, but I think personality comes through a lot digitally because I think, what people had to give was a little bit more about how they could approach people in real life and like places they can be or just like where someone catches their eye. Whereas online community, you're a bit of a self-starter. And I think um it's hmm, you know, part of it comes from like the real life experiences. Like I work outside of the home. So I think I have an advantage in that I can talk to people every day but at the same time I've been able to capitalize digitally just off of life experience you know we live in a digital age like all of us like all three of us did not grow up without a computer I'm assuming you know so so I'm like thinking you know we got to use what we already know and I think if you are good at adapting you will use what you already know that's like you know, you haven't been in a part of like such a deep online community since you're like 16, 17, but then when that comes back and you can tap into that, I think it uh really has benefited the people who are like-minded in that way.
1: Yeah, that's a super interesting thing because I've never thought of like digital as like being an advantage in that way, but I definitely can see what you're saying. Um, and I'd love to also dive into a bit of like the mediums that you work in. Um, I know like lately it has been a lot of drawing, but I know that um, you also do a lot of photography. Like what do you find are the advantages and disadvantages to each medium?
2: Mm, I think photography is more of a, a group effort. It becomes a group effort very easily because you have a model. So there's like inherently a relationship between two people so I think doing photography work on your own is very challenging. It's very challenging, I feel like, to make a photo interesting without a human subject, because that's what really attracts people to photography. So I think just because I'm a solitary person, for the most part, it's uh, it's weird to have such like a deep relationship with a person artistically. And drawing is kind of like... Uh, <sighs> honestly like drawing's biggest advantage is that it's so damn cheap to do like you know I don't have a lot of money like because you know I'm not like a doctor yet or anything like that I make a little bit of money so I think drawing has allowed me to just be creative without dropping some bread on a camera and like that's not to say that photography is at a disadvantage because it's expensive because you can make great photography with ten dollar cameras like I've made photography that's great don't mean to like brag but like I've made great photography for like 10 to 15 dollars and I think that it's an advantage in that way that photography is still something you need another person for but it's still 10 bucks like it's not sculpture making you know what I mean but I don't think drawing really has too many disadvantages
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> um if you had like all the time and money in the world, is there like a medium in art or, or yeah, medium in art that you would just like really want to give a crack at?
2: Sculptures. <laughs> like, I don't, yeah. I don't have money.
0: So, <laughs> <Who does? laughs>
2: yo, like, when you go to sculpture museums and like sculpture parks, like, you realize so quickly, I'm like, oh, these motherfuckers have money. <laughs> Like sculpture artists, like you gotta be dead lucky or an aristocrat to fucking aristocrat, not an aristocrat. (laughs) (laughs) aristocrat Literally, we're not bougie
0: enough. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly.
2: That word doesn't come out of my mouth enough. Yeah, it's not
0: natural for us to discuss. (laughs) To
2: discuss sculpture making. And you know, it's like, also just meticulous as fuck dude like sculptures are made over a decade like some of the best sculptures are made with people at different points in their lives also glass blowing holy shit yo glass blowing yeah. blew my mind son there's this uh, museum in Seattle that I went to that I was just like yo I got to do glass blowing at some time in my life like I just got to mm-hmm. put aside the money for it so that yeah a sculpture making glass blowing
0: yeah. there's this reality tv show on Netflix called blown away and it's about like glass blowers so maybe you should try to get on that it's show. really
1: good
2: it's really good <laughs> is it like is it like one of those challenge shows like MasterChef or something yes. like that? yeah
0: and it has actually um 82 positive reviews in so, <laughs> this day and age right exactly <laughs> and it I- might be good for your career <laughs> nothing oh, they- that has
1: all the glass blowers are also just like wild, arrogant too. They're just like, I've been blowing glass since I was five. I like know what I'm doing. It's crazy. That confidence only comes from
2: rich people, son. Like I'm telling you. They're like, I've had everything I want in life. So clearly I can be a
0: blower. Clearly God favored me.
2: Exactly. You know what I mean? So all I need is the time and the money and I will be a glass blower as well. Won't be arrogant, but I will do glass blowing. <laughs>
0: we
2: support
1: it for sure and talk to us about the um album cover stuff you've been doing recently uh how do you like approach like working with artists um did they like approach you to like do some of the art or was it like a collaboration how do you approach stuff like that
2: um the people that I really collaborate with are people who reach out to me they could be like a close friend or a stranger but I kind of do my own thing I, I said it earlier but like I do like art for my health so if people fuck with it that's cool and that's generally how my collaborations happen because you know I'm good dolo keep it a book
1: really yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. that totally makes sense yeah yeah go ahead
2: uh, um, and just in terms of collaborating I honestly think it's a little bit of a challenge for me because I just be Like I said, it's like organized mess, but like that might not fit the commission I'm doing. So it's a bit of a task to consider another person's opinion. Mm. Yes, an interesting challenge for me.
1: I can definitely see that. And then sorry to go back to something you mentioned earlier, because it's been stuck in my head since you said it. Because you said you talked a lot about like having somebody else when you ha- you're taking a photo, like having to have like somebody else with you or involve someone else. But I noticed that a lot of your prints that you're that you're selling, at least I know like a lot of the photography you do is also of subjects, but a lot of your prints don't have a subject. Mm-hmm. Um, why? Why are those the photos that you like gravitate to and like are most interesting creating prints? of?
2: Mm. I think it comes down to, I take a lot of my subjects when I take photos tend to be people that are really close to me. And partially, I feel like it would be weird to have like a really close friend or like a, a romantic partner on someone else's wall for life even though you don't like the person anymore so i think about that like ever since i started photography i'm like boy when i sell art it's going to be weird having people's faces on someone else's wall so i think that's more of like a personal thing um and also i think uh it's a bit of a challenge to create stories without a human subject so i think part of why I publish those photos more is just like look I'm proud of this in a certain way Um, not to say I won't post work of like people I'm not close to or like uh, bands or anything like that but I'm most fulfilled in photography when I'm able to have a great relationship with the subject or just something catches my eye
0: yeah I always thought it was like kind of weird with photography just like yeah someone random is like hanging in your house <laughs>
2: exactly. just
0: like watching you sleep low-key
2: <laughs> exactly yo. it's one thing if it's like a like a poster or something like that you know of like the artist like it's like um, a bit of an admiration in a way, but then, like, you could have someone's like uncle on your wall, right? For life, <laughs> like, that's
0: someone's son <laughs>
2: exactly who just happened to be there at like the exact right, right time, like, yeah. Like, you take a picture of like a family party, and then, like, it's on a stranger's wall, yeah. Muddy, dude.
0: So do you like do you think about the titles of your pieces really intentionally or is it just something that you just feel is like right and you just kind of like slap it on
2: oh no that shit is completely intentional very intentional I think about that a lot before I mm-hmm. um make them like the most recent series I did um yeah. like a series of nine drawing prints I had them labeled one through nine for like close to a year now like it's very hard for me like the only time I would really name things is when I'm putting it out into the world because I have to categorize it in a certain way because in my mind I know what it belongs to but when I'm showing it to other people I have to have a name along with it it sticks more I guess super intentional
0: yeah so um do you mind I don't know I guess like going in depth on like a t- one title from that um, collection and sort of explaining where it came from.
2: Mm. Um, let's see what I'm thinking of. Oh, Circle of Swamp, that title. It's because like um, just personally, I feel like my head is a bit of an organized mess. I like keep going back to that. So when I think of that, I think of a swamp And some work, I'll just rotate the paper, just not thinking about it much. And then sometimes I'll just create a circular shape. So I ran with that. And if you go around, there's, you know, indications that it's like a globe, but also just like some scattered thoughts. So Circle of Swamp is like a snapshot of my mind in the moment, my world.
1: Yeah, that's such a cool drawing and title. Um, yeah. I feel like I totally see the intentionality mm-hmm. behind that. Um, and then kind of go, taking a step back, um, where do you see, I guess you've talked a lot about how your art just kind of is what you do normally, but mm-hmm. what direction do you see your art taking in the future?
2: Um, more expansive. Like I think... Something I've become more intentional with is I want to create my own little world through my art. So I think the more mediums I do, the more I can create my own little world. And then when I'm like 80, I can do a big ass retrospective and it could just go for like 10 mediums long and all of it's going to be fire. Like I'm going to like get a tufting gun one day, real shit and make rugs. So that'll be on the way when I'm like 35. Um, So yeah. You know, yo, what's um, the, the next world? medium? What's the, the next life? medium? The next medium is about to be pottery. Yeah, pottery. I, I've been talking about this a lot. Yo, I've been wanting to make pottery for mad long. I want to make my own ashtray. I want to make, um, just little cute little things to put around the house a cute
0: little bowl, cute little cup. Ex-
2: yeah, exactly. The one to put like fruit in that everyone right. has. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And
0: where did you get that? And you'll be like, I made it. Thank you. Right
2: here, baby. Right. I'm showing my hands. I'm showing my hands. You my just two know. hands. I don't know where this came from. These, <laughs> these strong hands. So yeah, pottery is probably on the way. I found out there's a studio close to my girl's house. So I'm going to hit that up.
0: As you should. Mm-hmm. Um, And then also, I guess like looking at, um, you know, the paintings from the crushed grapes collection mm-hmm. do you, um, like for example for a white flood mm-hmm. it kind of seems like something that I, like I would make if I was like really going through it one night um mm-hmm. like, do you make that all in one go or do you like revisit your art and add to it um from time to time or does it just all come in one sitting
2: um really depends um i think that one was white flood yeah i drew the skeleton first or i guess whatever that body first and then i remember one night i i think it was one of the debate nights back in spring and i was just like holy shit the world's gonna end dude like what the fuck are we doing so i i just started writing i felt felt apocalyptic you know I was going through it in the sense that like I feel like white people really ruined a lot of shit for us and like in a way it's a fucking it's a white flood like cracking the concrete like you see the city underneath their feet like the white flood is a destructive I guess so that one comes back into two parts because it just like um, two elements of what i felt at random times because some of it is just sketchbook shit that i just use as a diary so i guess that was a diary for like a week straight and then sometimes it's a diary of one drunken night one drunken stormy night you know i mean yeah
1: no that's a beautiful way of putting it and i feel like that offered so much more insight into the piece
0: yeah i didn't know white flood meant literal white people (laughs) (laughs) there are
2: white people flooding you know what i mean the, the wasp the british empire flooded the world and this is what we get um, <laughs> yeah literally tragic tragic um mm-hmm.
1: and yeah i think that's pretty much all the questions we have for you but i was wondering what has been inspiring you lately
2: i've been inspired by music a lot lately more than usual uh been kind of genre hopping on like, on like a, not like a schizophrenic type beat, but just like very fragmented playlists that are just like, very noisy and like go to very quiet. I think it um, I've been listening to that a lot when I draw. Also just the budding community around me, like, it's, it's really dope to see how New York's been resilient. So I guess yeah, the city has been dumb resilient. So inspirational
1: that's awesome well thank you so much for sitting down with us really appreciate it um and we love your art and we'll look obviously we have a lot of prints now so we'll be looking out for exactly
2: four we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do 10 i swear
0: thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of two virgins we hope you enjoyed getting to know white and check out his artwork You can find this episode on our website, quarantinecontent.com or on our weekly newsletter, The Q. See you next week.